Hi friends, hello my darlings, and welcome to another episode of Is This Really For Kids? A podcast where I, your host, Thea Touchton, decide, is this really for children? I'm qualified because I, once upon a time, used to be a child who was traumatized and watching some TV, but not a lot, and now I do television and film things for a living. I make films, and that's what I do with my life, so I can tell you if a film's good or not, what I studied, what makes it good, what I thought was entertaining, and yada yada yada, and then we we let you know, like, hey, should we just be having a conversation about this film without, you know, really discussing it, you know? Should we just, like, move on, just watch without processing these movies? And the answer is usually no. Anyway, today we are going to talk about K-12, through the Melanie Martinez film that she did for her album. I've actually been super excited to talk about this one for a while. I honestly have a lot of respect for this film. Is it necessarily one of the best films ever? Nah, son, it's not. But is it really influential? Is it beautiful in a lot of ways? Is it a great film to play in the background of a party? Absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. Most of this film is just gonna be me fawning over looks. Like, okay, we start off with these little braids. It's adorable. I love it. So basically, Crybaby, who is our protagonist, wakes up from these dreams that were kind of terrifying, but you know, her dream angels say it's temporary, which honestly, people I think sometimes get scared about the phrasing of it's temporary, but I think it's, I think it's a good thing. I think it's sometimes remember like, hey, you know, even in the bad, even in the most anxious, it's gonna pass. It's not forever. And Sometimes that can be scary, but I think it's very freeing. So she is preparing to go to the worst years of her life. She's mad that girls have to dress in pink, boys dress in blue, and wear pants. Uh, so she dyes her dress purple, which I feel like is a non-binary commentary, which I'm for, being non-binary myself. And she sews flowers onto it. I don't love the rainbow wig, but that's fine. She even talks about her tooth gap, which I guess people are not so nice about, but... I love, honestly, I think she rocks it. Makes me want to have a tooth gap, but I paid a lot of money for these teeth the way that they are and they still suck. So her mom, as we've established in her previous music videos, is passed out because she is like kind of an obsessive drinker. So she cannot take her to school. That's rough. And so she has to go to the bus stop. There's a little spider called Felipe in the cereal box. Not the way that I would want my cereal, but it is fine. She lives in this like super pink house and she wrote and directed this, which is pretty, pretty badass, honestly, pretty badass. I would say, I think sometimes in doing that, I always say if you're gonna act in something and you wrote it, you, you absolutely have to have a director. I just think you can see your flaws that way. I've yet to see a film that like doesn't get lost in ego in doing that. But you know, your choice, baby boo. I get when you're a star, you got to be a star in all your assets and just send it up. And sometimes you want that challenge and the control. So she saw Lilith in her dream. Lilith is kind of, I know Lilith is scary to some. I feel like she's kind of been coming back as a superhero. Lilith is like, to me, always like female Satan or like the bad Eve, you know what I mean? Bad girl Eve. Eve who is already a bad girl, but like demonic Eve more so. And, but she's a hero in this. I think there is kind of some like underlying demon worship, but it's chill. We're, you know, if you're a Christian, you probably were never listening to Melanie Martinez in the first place because she's 
It's pretty dark. It's pretty dark. Talking about the priests, you know, that uh, abuse their power, for sure. So the bus that they ride is mint green. I think I would have liked riding the bus more if that was the color. And the bus driver is also drinking and driving. You just really can't escape. The uniforms look like baby uniforms, but I kind of like them. They're kind of in this, like, QP doll quality... Her style is just very unique, but kawaii, but it's, I just really love it. I misspoke, sorry, the bus isn't mint, the bus is pink. There's like some people wearing mint. And there's two boys that are blue, we don't really ever explain them. They call her Gap Tooth Bitch, unfortunately. A bunny rabbit, which honestly is a really cute nickname, but they mean it mean, so they suck. She cries as they make fun of her. She cries as they make fun of her. And I really like this because I feel like oftentimes in movies, of course, because it's a movie and it's what you want to do in life, not what you actually do. I feel like they're always like, the friend comes in and stands up to them and then the bully is put down and they never say anything again. And like in reality, at least like what I did when I was being bullied is like you do cry and you get like overwhelmed with the hatred and are unable to like say a thing back, even though I do agree with like the movie versions of that of like if you did go for it you go for the bully back or being like just don't say that you're being a jerk like most people would stop. I'm sure there's some people who would keep going but the act of standing up for yourself protects yourself but I think that's such a thing of like the people who get bullied are often people who cannot who just have too much anxiety to do that. And then the bus driver is looking at kids like butts and stuff is like voyeuristic and it's disgusting. I'm sure there are bus drivers that do that. It makes me so sad. The choreography on this bus is so cool. Honestly, the choreography in this is amazing. And I know Melanie works really hard on her dancing and stuff. There's kids mooning out the window, which probably true. People love butt stuff. So we discover Magnolia. And I did not get that her name was Magnolia in the movie. It was something I had to discover later by looking it up online. But Magnolia also has demon eyes. And she makes the blue boy's hand swell. They're like smoking blunts on the bus, even though they're in kindergarten. It's, I don't really know what we're trying to say with the like younger narrative. I mean, I think this is kind of an exploration of child innocence, but it is a little bit like, and like clearly she is an adult, but it is like interesting in being a kid. I mean, I think when you were an adult, especially if you didn't get those moments to play in your childhood, if like for whatever reason, when you were a kid, you had to enter into more adult roles then were maybe like appropriately necessary. I can see like, you know, like the taking this time to play, taking this time to discover is really, really important. So she falls in love with this one guy, but to be honest, I don't think that he's that attractive. Like I don't really get what he sees. He's kind of too pretty boy for me personally. So the bus crashes underwater, but don't worry, Crybaby and Angelita use their powers to get it out of the water and into the sky. And the bus flies through the clouds and they want to hang in the clouds. It does honestly seem really cool, but I don't know that I would want to hang in the clouds with all of those people. And also this one kid, which is, this is, I feel like, such a thing that would happen on the bus if it were to go into the sky. Like, I really like the imagination also on this, but... If the bus did go into the sky, there'd always be that one teenage boy who's like, I'm gonna jump because they just suck. So they drop him off in front of this like amazing school castle, which I think was in like Europe, if you're wondering, because I kept being like, why do I not know about this castle in California? But I think they shot it in Europe. And the bus driver once again tries to peep underneath their underwear, but their underwear says fuck off and it's like breezed, which is fun. They also say the phrase, you start in the womb, you end in the tomb, which I 
I'm a poet, so I love stuff like that. So the hallways are just beautiful, exterior, beautiful, very, very cool, but they get a creepy chill and they don't really like touch on this enough. Like I'm honestly really interested in the haunted aspect of the school, but they don't talk about it. So they get like a creepy chill and they see this like terrifying ghost. So they go to room 223, which is one number away from an angel number, which usually says like your career moves and everything. So Crybaby and Angelita are late to class and the teacher is doing chalk cocaine, you know, and all the kids are doing. The... I wonder how many school teachers actually do cocaine, like if that's really a thing or if they're actually relatively squeaky clean so when the bell rings you have to be in your assigned seat how do schools not feel like a weird pagan ritual at all times like hey when this bell tolls sit your butt into the seat of the throne and when all 30 seats are in then we can impart the knowledge of the demon right like what is going on with the school system anyway but then you know we get to this point i will say this is when the movie and i mean it was already kind of doing it on the bus a little this movie like covers a lot of grounds but it moves away from all of this commentary so you only get like a taste of the commentary i feel like in not a full resolution it's just like here are these hot topic items we're not going to really digest and process them. We're just going to like kind of experience them like almost like a shot. Like I, I almost want to say like it's like a needle, but I, I even feel like that itself lingers in too long when you get a shot than what this movie does on its plot points. So we get to the first one where this kid, Henry is refusing to stand because he doesn't want to and they're forcing everyone to do the Pledge of Allegiance. I 100% think this is a giant waste of your taxpayer funds and stuff to just make us say the Pledge of Allegiance every day. Like people, they don't mean it. It's not respected. Like I understand that like, oh, patriotism, but it's like, it's not given a choice it's really weird it's weird that we don't talk about how like nazi germany that whole thing feels i'm not saying that like if you have pride in america like you go you know what i mean every country is built on the backs of dead humans you know what i mean particularly people of color which is really unfortunate but yeah it's just really weird too to be like liberty and justice for all and all of this freedom things, but you don't have the freedom to say the pledge in public school. Like, I don't, I don't understand. I think it's just a waste of time. Like, everybody's tired by the time they get in there. Like, let the kids sit down. We, they all have, like, uncomfy classroom chairs, which are not good. Like, it's just, it needs a revamping. It just needs a revamping. The whole thing, like, I don't understand why some politicians have, like, Corvettes and our students don't have, like, just, like, accessible decent chairs and yeah anyway so poor henry gets dragged off for standing up which is how it would go we would get detention in real life but this one detention is like get shots put in you and stuff and get drugged almost like in a sane asylum because that's kind of what happens in the sane asylum if you refuse to do anything even if that's like kind of a normal thing they still are like okay like at least when i was in the psych ward you pretty much just have to do whatever anybody says because that's Proving that you're present and listening. Yeah, the system, it's flawed, darling. It's very, very flawed. So then they go to nap time and then there's stars all around. I honestly wish that, especially like you don't know all of these kids past. Like I wish that there was like, it's a free period. So you can either nap, you can go somewhere. And I feel like they don't have that in school or like a chance to like do homework like during there or like, yeah, especially like homework should not be four hours a day or just like if you miss stuff to catch up on or even just like time to socialize or do a club, like you should have a period that you can 
do whatever you want with. Like, I don't understand. Like, just literally, like, even, like, an hour a week, personally, I would advocate for two. But, like, why not like if you were an adult you would most likely have those hours anyway this just became me not even talking about k-12 now it's just me talking about how i think the school system should be it's my podcast so you have to listen ha 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 so crybaby angelique i think sorry if i pronounced her name wrong so they have black eyes and they creep into the end of their sleeping bags and it is in this cool pillow fort which is super cool like kind of like comic booky in terms of like imagination so kelly is this mean girl definitely all the mean girl vibes definitely a kind of person who was kind of mean to me looked like this kelly and kelly's all jealous of crybaby because she's been flirting with kelly's boyfriend brandon which like maybe she shouldn't do crybaby like respect that a woman has you know but but also i think like flirting is harmless to a degree but anyway she writes a letter to crybaby and saying that you know like she needs to go like meet her at recess and it just actually says you at recess and it's like accompanied by a stick person and a tombstone which is like very scary like chill out girl like what are you supposed to be in kindergarten and you're threatening death of others like wow we need to take a deep breath what are you a little dictator like what's happening here so crybaby is like really worried because she doesn't know how to fight and and Jalika's like you have to defend yourself like yeah you should let somebody kill you which is true like you have to fight for your life not just like give up into it like I definitely kind of did that with bullies and that was really hard and Angelita is like oh you know like we can do whatever we want but crybaby says like it's cheating she has abilities but she's not supposed to use them because it's like an unfair advantage which is very interesting like I feel like this is a metaphor for something of like oh I have talents but I can't I have to like suppress myself so that the other students don't feel bad and I think like a lot of people may feel this way of like be excelling and like I definitely feel like into a way that I felt this way like there were often times where I would just not be smart because I didn't want people to feel weird about that or I wouldn't like go and do things at my full potential because it's like I'm trying not to step on everybody's toes and it's really like it's just really difficult to navigate I would say particularly in the school system so she doesn't want to call her mom because she knows that her mom's not gonna pick her up or like help her out of the situation Kelly doesn't really understand why crybaby is all mad because she was just like all I said was like I told her what she was wearing was ugly and she's like I'm giving advice I'm helping and I swear to you I swear to you bullies legitimately they feel this way this is the way that they are and it's awful so then Kelly pulls a straight up L just you know (laughs) not crybaby on our deathbed sis but anyway yeah so kelly fights her and cuts her with a knife like oh my gosh like i guess they don't have the little metal detectors at this castle school Uh, everything was spent on decor and crybaby levitates and then strangles kelly with her braids and it's like honestly super cool and weirdly the teachers are like spying on the children and they have like all of this tv system which honestly is probably safe i think i i might like that more i mean obviously if you're in a tv room you're probably away from the children and if anything dangerous were to happen like somebody with a knife you can't get there as quickly as if you were on the scene but i also feel like with tv you should be able like with cameras you could see and it also gives children like the illusion of play and also if if somebody's just going to act because somebody's around watching them i think it's like 
pretty important to give them the freedom of choice to see how they act when they think no one's watching them to like build them into people who react good even though no one is watching them hopefully you get my point um <laughs> anyway when the teacher like takes them she like yanks them by the ears which ow i wonder if this is like stuff that melanie experienced or that if she was just like so sensitive that this is how it like felt to get in trouble because i i can relate so then we have another touch and go story well okay so crybaby and kelly are in the principal's office and crybaby is just like you know really reflecting and she's like oh you know like i shouldn't have lost control she's projecting her insecurities on me i also kind of feel like this moment too is like a very much a commentary on the girl that like accused melanie and then came out and said that she didn't uh, which is a very, very wild time of just a lot. And I feel really bad because I think Melanie might have been bigger if they she didn't have, like, an allegation against her. And it was, like, a female, too. So it was really, like, hot topic, like, a queer issue in some ways, too. Because it is that thing of, like, I feel like often queer people, if anything happens in that, like, already we don't have enough rape support, particularly also in the queer community, you know what I mean? Like, because it's, like, already something so underground and it's something that you don't always talk about. So I I went really back and forth on that issue. And, I mean, obviously, like, the thing is, too, is, like, it doesn't really matter what any of us weigh in because none of us were in the room where it happened, you know? Like, part of me is, like, believe all survivors yeah, so basically, I just went back and forth for a really long time. I really, you know, I like to say believe all survivors, and there's definitely been times where I've been guilty of not, because it's like, sometimes I feel like it's whatever story you hear first, you believe, which is just a really interesting thing, and I wish we would do more studies on this, but we don't take women's health seriously, so it is what it is, y'all, but maybe someday. But anyway, yeah, so I always, and like, obviously, I was a Melanie Martinez fan over a Timothy fan, but... I was just fascinated by with Timothy that it just really felt like she wanted to control Melanie even in the way that it was told like I I don't know I always had something that I I personally just felt it was off because it's like people can I think and and it's nothing against women it's not saying that obviously Timothy had problems and I don't know that Melanie maybe helped her problems it kind of just seems like she got jealous and had what feels to me, obviously I'm not a psychologist, but like a BPD episode, and there's no shame if you have that. I'm just explaining what I believe happened, you know? I feel like there was like this kind of jealousy thing about Melanie. I don't think she wanted her to be successful in that way. And I think Melanie too, maybe was just having a casual thing with Timothy, like was just like experimenting and seeing. And then Timothy like wanted more and kind of blackmailed. That is what the story has always felt like to me, which I think a lot of people do, especially because like love is just it's such a thing that you feel like you have to have as a person in this society. So you're going around doing whatever you can to do it. Sometimes not realizing like you don't have to be like a monster. You know what I mean? Not that I necessarily think Timothy is that, but it, it was really interesting. I can't find where she took it back. I only found the ones where she had said it. It was like in 2000. Yeah, it was 2017. It sucks because there's all of there's all of this stuff. Yeah, it's a really interesting kind of sucky situation if I'm being honest. But it seems like I couldn't find, I swear I read something where Timothy Heller like took back her allegations. And to be truth, when I looked up, I could not find her on social media unless she like changed her name or something. But yeah, it seems like a lot of people don't believe that that was the 
case. I have a really hard time, given a lot of Melanie's songs, that she would be a rapist because it seems like it's something that she struggled with when she was younger or things that she's had to deal with. But yeah, we'll never know. I definitely, I think that that... Because I don't know, I could not, like, be a, like, true fan of her. I, like, don't follow her on social media. I, like, I'm obsessed with everything she does. She's, like, totally, like, I have, like, such inspiration. But it, like, messes with my own trauma to, like, not know for certain. And it it is that, like, interesting thing of, like... Like, and I don't really understand if, like, how Timothy, like, either paid for press to get the story out or if the press just bit because it was so interesting. But it really does suck for Melanie because I don't know if she's ever what she really could have been without those allegations. And if that was, like, Timothy's mental illness just really just wrecking havoc on everything. It sucks for it to happen on a grand scale, especially that... They seem to be friends, and it seems that Timothy was just mad that she couldn't be more. But anyway, that's not about K-12. I just wanted to talk about that because that is something I think you should know, especially if your child is listening to Melanie Martinez. It might be a good conversation to have about sexual assault, you know? Never too late to have that conversation, and honestly, a very important one. So basically, here Melanie is regretting, like, what happened and Kelly is over here being like proud that she left a mark which I just I definitely feel is like the Timothy commentary I think there's a lot of it in this film and I just want to point it out when I see it because I think it's very interesting and honestly kind of an interesting way to heal and like a good way to give perspective so then Mrs. Harper is being fired because she is a trans woman and she's like mad she's being fired because she's like well I'm the only way I'm going to influence children is like teaching them how to be their most authentic self. And it's really weird when people are like, oh, if a trans person is around my kids, that's gonna teach them how to be trans. That's not true. I don't know that any child is like, well, how do I switch my gender? Like all of the things about gender that we are taught are just like mostly toxic anyway that I feel like people spend their whole lives trying to shove off in many, many ways. And yeah, it's just, it's brutal. I I hate the transphobia. The principal misgenders her and then fires her, which is just awful. And it's just so dumb. But yeah, this is just like a quick bit that we see, I guess maybe to establish that the school is awful and unfair in the antiquated ways, but it's just, it sucks. It sucks that people think that. Like, I understand that there are, yes, there are queer people who are rapists and, like, not every queer people is this hero savior, but, uh, guess what? Neither are straight people. Like, wake up, you know? Like, there's straight people rape children too, you know? Like, That's my biggest thing. And people are trying to say like, oh, they're using it as this guise or whatever. And it's like, you could say that about a straight man. You could say that about a straight dad. Like, wake up, you know, wake up, please. So then Crybaby finds out that the principal forces the students to take pills in order to control them and stop them for leaving school, which is terrifying but not inaccurate kind of what they do at a sane asylum so this really makes cryberry this really makes crybaby angry so she uses her power to call him on the telephone and insult the principal and just call out phone call you know be really hard to listen to and i love when she's surrounded by like all of these judges which note are all white and all of the oh the cage skirts are so cool her hair is amazing there's these big beautiful rooms the background dance are dressed so beautifully like this was just like the artist experience of a lifetime I would love to be with on a Melody Martinez project
project just for the stylistic design alone is just something I I love it so much I really do then there's like these rabbit people that come inject and it really is very David Lynch inspired to me he has this one short that I never can find the name of that I saw on tumblr once that I'm like obsessed with of how fascinating it was of these just like rabbit people sitting alone in a living room it, it's just amazing so the principal ends up like overdosing kind of coughing up this drink because he was poisoned and miss daffine orders the bunny doctors to try to cure him and they do and then we get this amazing oh yeah also i love that song the principal it's amazing that's my favorite song off of the album i think it's so edgy i love when it, it just hits hard like always sneaking fucking creeping got it on the down low it's so oh it's so good what if i had told your mother her son is a cruel motherfucker uh, and i feel like I feel like this song is probably about Donald Trump, but it's just very, <laughs> I don't know. It just hits. I, I don't personally, not that I think that Trump was like, an, I don't think any president has been that amazing, to be honest, but because man is flawed and female president for the win. But I will say that I don't think Trump is that bad, but I just, but I love this because there have been men in power that are, are like this song and like, I needed it. It's such a feminist song. I absolutely love it. So then we go to the cool puppet show where Crybaby becomes this marionette puppet, which is just like really interesting, kind of a weird transition. There's not really like a plot to this. It's just like moments. The kids love that she's on a puppet string and are definitely very entertained, which I don't know that everyone would be unless they're, unless that is like also a commentary on like, oh, when a girl is like a puppet and it's, and it's something that can give entertainment and be controlled, everyone is all of a sudden interested in it. And I really do think that the song show and tell is really like a commentary on celebrity of like yeah i just think this song is a comment on just like celebrity and just working yourself to the bone to like entertain people which it really does feel that way especially in the amount that you have to post on social media miss penelope ends up dropping crybaby which has her nosebleed and her intestines go out and that grosses out all of the students I always love that there is this like gore and horror to Melody, which I, I think is just like about like the trauma and maybe just an interest in horror movies. So then Melanie is strapped on this red gurney. There's a red star on the floor. It's very like Nazi-esque, even the way the nurses are dressed. I am always in awe of all the facial expressions that Melanie Martinez can make. I just think they're just, it's just lovely. She's so amazingly talented. Angelica helps turn Crybaby back into a human. The nurses keep them restrained and under control. The nurse's office isn't one of my favorite songs, but the the like movements of this is very cool. It's kind of silent hilly. And then their angelic spirit guide Lilith frees them and attacks the nurses and bunny doctors. Lilith encourages them to live their truth and Crybaby is just like can't keep doing this because her body is not like immortal. She's like exhausted. And she doesn't want to feel. And Lilith just kind of comments, and this this hit me hard, this hit me hard, that she doesn't want to feel the physical pain of the world, but the only way she can learn is through experience, which is like, that's the truth, right? Like, I think we're all, we all want to live in this fluffy cloud of like, everything's going to be fine. Nothing can hurt us. Everything's going to be divine all the time. Like somehow we can avoid this pain. And part of that is just like the measure of survival. But the truth is, is like, we are going to hurt. Things are going to be tough. And in that is experience, in that 
is a weird sense of beauty, not to like romanticize mental illness or suffering, but maybe if we didn't have those moments, could we appreciate, really truly appreciate all the good times or like even things. And even like the way that most of us live life, it's like, it's very different from like how we used to, even our ancestors, like the way that the human race has progressed and is continuing to progress, even when it's small, even when it seems like it's going to take a long time, it's still progressing. Okay, Drama Club is 100% another one that I think that is about Timothy. Also, one of my favorite songs too, because, you know, I love uh, love a good Drama Club. And anyway, Crybaby expresses that she doesn't want to be in a domestic role in the school play, and she wants to play more of a strong role as like a film director or a president instead of just a housewife. And the drama teacher, Mr. Cornwall, is like, yeah, you can't do that. And restrains her when she attempts to leave. And so Crybaby is forced to play the role that she is assigned, which is like this like gender role. And they like forced to do her makeup, which I also feel like this is a lot to be said. Maybe on like record companies too. And also in a way of celebrity of like, no, we've crafted this image for you and you have to play this image because that's what you were hired to do. And you cannot be yourself and I think sometimes as an indie artist I'm like oh I want all this fame that comes with it but I don't always realize like I can go and say on this podcast right and that if I was owned by somebody they're gonna police everything I say like I have to go through that and make sure like that and that it's like and I'm losing my authenticity and I'm creating this brand but somehow all the people like that and I don't know if it's just because they just get more exposure the way that they all own their stuff but yeah so all of these people are just looking at her, waiting for her to perform this role she doesn't want to. I really do love the performance, and you do really love the proposal dance. And there's all these women yelling on stage. And then Crybaby flips the script and, like, irons one of the guy's face, which I don't know if he was really a problem, but she just presses a hot iron to a student's face, which is, like, not maybe ideal, you know, maybe in standing up. You should not have to hurt somebody else, but I understand that sometimes that's what it takes to wake everybody up is unfortunately a murder. And then there goes that like horror aspect too. So basically Crybaby just tells everybody like you're being brainwashed, which I think, yeah, I think this is another comment on celebrity of like everybody who's just falling and doing the likes, like they're being brainwashed. And sometimes I feel like being brainwashed is such a radical concept, but I really do feel that way. And I 100% feel that way when I see people like the way that they react to Marvel movies. And I don't know why. I guess I'm the girl in Josie and the Pussycats who's like, orange is the new black. And she's like, no, it isn't. And they like take her away in a car. That's like me, I guess. But anyway, for whatever reason, and this is like part of the thing where the film gets disjointed because it's like, well, you had Kelly hated and you had Crybaby be this like bully and then all of a sudden she's saying you're being brainwashed and all the children immediately like listen to her and kill the principal. Like that doesn't necessarily seem to have been her story and it kind of negates that she was like not bullied as much. It like takes away from that narrative. But I get, I guess they just wanted to move in so that they can have like the sun part go. But this was, I feel like this plot point was just kind of, I don't know that you needed to kill the principal and I think you could have just still had everything and still had this stuff unless they were trying to say like oh they needed to kill him for more freedom things to happen so they kill him they kill some of the bunnies they rip the principal apart the janitor sweeps it up and they bury him so Crybaby and, and Chalita, they bury the principal's body and then they're not really upset about this. I mean, he was kind of a cruel guy, which makes sense. And I think, and that's the thing is like, I want to stay in there with that because it's like, there aren't, we don't talk about funerals where like people aren't 
sad that the person dies unless it's like a murder or kill thing like it's like even when somebody's terrible they're like oh such a good guy i always loved him he had his moments and it's like god you know what i mean like and i want more of that realism that gets a little squashed especially because things are so fanciful and but her name is celeste was like the other demon child and i will say i feel like I'm glad that there were black people in this film. Obviously, black people deserve more roles, but I would say that they got some of the shittier characters or, like, minor points in the story. Like, kind of, I feel like, just sometimes played to to be, like... They just deserve better written roles. You know what I mean? That's how I feel. Like, I just... I feel like these were not roles good enough for black people, and they deserve better. Because they're just kind of bit characters. Just, like, stop. Like, just... If you're gonna have somebody in there... Like, yeah, a black person play a bit character because they're still part of, like, a movie. But, like, also, like, develop a role. You know what I mean? Develop a really good one. Celeste is, like, kind of, like, the type A planner black girl. Like, has all of her stuff together. And they all agree that boys are the problem in a co-ed education. They do this, like, bubble tennis ball thing. And I don't really understand. I mean, it's, like, a cool shot. But I don't really know what it's trying to say. They play, they also are like finding out that there's two holes in the vagina, which I don't even feel like I've processed and I'm almost 27 now, you know? Uh, so they're playing tennis in this pink blue court. It's really cool. And they find some girls are like really confident and they like erase her nipples in the, and I'm sure that's partly so that it can be shown on YouTube. And I kind of like love that because it's such a cheeky way of like getting around what I think is honestly a really dumb rule because we need to just, the tit is not always sexual. Like I understand some people think that it's sexual, but it's like, it's not always like sometimes a guy with his shirt off is sexy. Sometimes a guy with the shirt uh off is not sexy right and it's the same for women and it's just like weird that the policing of bodies and then we think we're better than the muslim communities who are doing the same thing even though they're like radicalizing for choice right now and this is obviously no shame into that it's just like it's very interesting like the hate that like the christian community will say says sometimes about things like the very puritanical christian things and it's like but you the people you claim to hate and get angry about and think are ruining the country are like doing some of the similar things like you're not so far off from the person you hate and i i mean that regardless of faith and religion like that is something really to think about is like the person that you hate is also a person just like you like and i think that can be really jarring for some people not to sexualize melanie martinez just to like give a a shout out because i feel like fitness is honestly an incredibly hard journey and people are not appreciated enough for taking the care that they put into their body because I feel like that is honestly a really radical concept and a very difficult concept to like work through that body trauma often and and deal with it like fitness for me is a really really tough journey but Melanie looks so great in this honestly it just has a great body it's very interesting because we're going to talk about like a lot of body image issues coming up I love the giant cake. There's beautiful pools. There's the room where the cake is in is like very, very beautiful. There's synchronized swimming. I love the Marie Antoinette egg and all of these boys simmer like go around her and she's in this like giant skirt of cake. And I really like that strawberry shortcake song because it's really it's like it is about like sexual assault, I would say in a lot of ways. And it's just like it's just very, very powerful. This film has just like beautiful imagery, metaphor, powerful. Um, so then she has this dream, which is it's not really labeled as a dream. I just know that it's a dream from like looking up kind of the synopsis after. So she's in this like weird space suit makeup and she 
begs to be up with Lilith is kind of almost, I feel like, suicidal in this, which is, I can relate because I was very suicidal in the school atmosphere because it's very, it's not too different from prison. And Lilith just kind of communicates, you know, that she's got to have some radical acceptance of things being rough and that she needs to trust in divine timing that it will all be worth it. So then poor Angelique gets her period because she has the worst stomach pain ever, which I can relate to. I have really bad pains in my period. And yeah, I'll never forgive that one nurse that I was like, I, I listen, like, I just cannot do gym class. Like, my body needs to rest. And she was like, well, you're gonna have your period in the real world, so you're gonna just have to do it. And it's like, the the fact of, like, all of these schools that it's like, if somebody says they're in so much pain that they can't do something, and I understand, like, kids want to get out of stuff, but it is just this, like, like, some people aren't kidding with period pain, and I had, like, a condition of PCOS where it, like, is very painful, and it's just, like, you know, like, you should be able to rest your body, like, somebody's take more rest, and it should not be, like, something you're arguing for, especially as a child, like, I feel like I'm really messed up because there were a lot of times I had to like force myself to go out of stamina which like my body just can't cannot do for whatever reason and like I'm trying to make it stronger but it's just like I got life on hard mode cards so they go to get Angelita a tampon and they talk about how it's kind of insane that they charge for feminine products which I really honestly kind of agree but it is like a physical thing and honestly I don't know if it's healthy or not but I don't really use I just let myself bleed freely I understand that's like very very radical and not everybody has the option to do that because I have like a flexible work schedule so I can just like but yeah I don't use any like I have like period panties and stuff that's kind of what I use but I mostly just like put myself to my island of my leather couch and wipe up all of that and just kind of like clean up on that because I am honestly very very afraid of toxic shock and for me I don't know what it is but like tampons hurt pads seem to never cover like my amount of blood and usually my period is very like irregular anyway so it's very hard to track uh with my PCOS but yeah that's my period story uh Sorry if that grosses some people out. It's weird to talk about it, but I feel like I should share it because I, I, I'm going to my gynecologist tomorrow as I record this, honestly. But I don't know if it's, I don't know if that's healthy to do with my period. It, I didn't like, I had like a book education, but I didn't really have a lot of people like actually showing me and, and having a lot of the conversations. And I think they'd be like, oh no, we do, we did have those conversations if I told them, but it wasn't like super deep, right? It was just like, oh, you go and you do this and like. And there wasn't, like, a show by it because I feel like then you go into the thing of, like, by the time you get your period, like, that can kind of be, like, a an awkward thing. But I don't know that it should be. Like, but, yeah, I'm just talking about that. Um, I wanted to bring it up because I think it's kind of crucial to, you know, make sure that your daughters know what they're doing or um, your people who bleed because not every person who has a period is a daughter just to be real with you. So then they're in a pink bathroom, which is really cool. And Kelly and her friends, we go back to like this click. All of her friends look the same. They all got blonde wigs on. And they spot this one girl, Magnolia, who is separating herself from Kelly's clique, or at least trying, because she doesn't really want to be friends with her because they're only interested in gossiping and spreading rumors. And they could just tell that like, oh, she doesn't want to be plastic. 
And I mean, I will say I don't really know if I like this, like, girl hate of, like, oh, the people who are plastic are worse than, like, the goth girls. But it's, like, such a thing, I think, that often you feel as an alt girl of, like, uh, I just can't be these, like, surfer sunny girls. But honestly, I would say, like, we're both all awesome in our own way and we can, we can be friends with everybody, like, no matter how they dress. And it's, like, a weird clique thing. Like, that was kind of... That felt immature, but that is definitely, like, something of the ages, you know? So a food fight breaks out, and because they discover that Fleur, also a friend of Kelly, has the same abilities as them, and they want to separate her from the group. Also, I can't even imagine, like, the choreography of a food fight and the poor cleaning people who have to clean that mess up. Oof. And the poor Magnolia is like, oh my gosh, I had wash day. Like, I don't want to be in a food fight, which does suck, like... I wouldn't want to be in a food fight either unless I was able to take an immediate shower and I was also getting paid for it. My school actually did have a, a food fight. Okay, I think this this girl seems trans to me, but I don't know if she is, but I don't know why I got that vibe. Not that there's anything from it. There just was like, there's something queer about her. I think she's on Gossip Girl now. So they follow Fleur to the bathroom where they realize she is bulimic. Kelly is basically making her puke and Kelly wants them to maintain a specific figure in order to remain friends and so this brings to the song orange juice yeah i love melanie's orange wig in this i don't really love orange juice as like a song like i don't really understand like the music video of this is gorgeous like i love that they're dancing in the field the song itself like i don't really get the like lyrics and stuff like obviously eating disorder has like affected my life but it's not been like my struggle it's like my mom has really done with this and i feel like this might have been like particularly meaningful for her so i'm glad it exists but it doesn't it doesn't really mean anything to me i will say there's this beautiful moment in this music video where they switch eyes so that she will see herself like the way that she sees her but i'm like if you give the other person the bad eyes do they see it that way like i'm very confused in this law but i love the like imagery of that like i sometimes wish that i could do that to like help explain and like the imagination on melanie martinez is just like it's really beautiful and like just amazing like i wish i had a similar way of viewing things so then we see like kelly was like putting oranges in her head and she like threw up but so kelly is like just putting oranges into her head which honestly should like oranges are pretty good like that's the thing it's like don't understand the metaphor of the orange but and that is making fleur throw up but crybaby makes kelly poof away and fixes her head and she I love this, though, where she says, bodies don't define us. Bodies don't define us. And also, I'm still working with Project Heal, which you can donate to just in saying this. Like, hey, if you want to do more to help the body image, I am an ambassador for them. And I'm, like, only a little bit away from my goal of 500. So if you can have the means to donate to help somebody who's struggling with an eating disorder, I will link that below. But yeah, so bodies don't define us, is what she says. They're just temporary. And you can't expect shallow people to love you. You have to love yourself without the approval of others. Which is, like, easier to say than to do, I will say. And, like, sometimes, like, you do need community. Like, yes, you have to love yourself and know yourself but I also think there are times like there are going to be times where you don't love yourself and honestly that's okay right like sometimes you have to work into a self that you can love and it's not and just know that it's not temporary and that there are parts of you like 
I feel like you have a relationship with yourself and I can't name a relationship where every single time I've loved somebody every single moment with like no doubts like that's not human right like it's just like so you're in a relationship with yourself you're gonna have doubts about yourself you're going to to go just like know that no matter what you you have to be committed to yourself right like you are in a monogamous relationship with yourself no matter what you want to do so you have to like figure it out right you have to stick it out learn grow through your own relationships but I wish that sometimes like we talked about that more and Fleur even says you know like everyone makes her feel like she's not good enough and she feels like she's not deserving and I just love this like moment because it's so sweet and tender and it is absolutely true like I think even the worst person deserves love and I often think that the person who's messed up is like somehow along the line what love meant got messed up and and sometimes too, I mean, that's the thing with yourself is like, they have to break out to like really see it. But once they do, if people really knew true love, which I never really thought was a luxury, but I guess it really is in terms of fairy tale, like the world would really be different. Anyway, so Leo, the principal's son, stops the food spite and wants to know who is responsible. And Kelly says it was crybaby. And then she is sent to detention. I really don't know why the principal's son is, like, now in charge. I think it's really weird. It's also, like, so if you kill the patriarchy, just a younger patriarchy will take form. It honestly almost seems more dangerous, but I am unsure. So Crybaby's powers are being suppressed because of the drugs being given to her, which might be a commentary on, like, antidepressants, which is interesting. And, like, the rabbits take her out. She's, like, strained into it, belted in. They inject her to make her happy. And she's, like, made into a genie to dance, which I think is, like, the costumes here are really cool. And I think there's, like, a lot to say. I'm not, like, a big fan of the the song Detention. So then Ben, who we saw with, like, the little tennis ball, Slips this note into Crybaby's locker. Leo is, like, watching them on security footage and sees that they're trying to, like, hijack the speaker to get everybody out. So he's, like, aware of the plan and is going to sabotage them. So then in biology class, there's this teacher that's flirting with Angelica. They're also studying cockroaches, which is such a commentary on, I think, the type of, like, teacher person who preys on the student. I don't know why... Why you do this? Stop doing this. I want to know the psychology behind what makes a person do that because perhaps not, you know, perhaps not. So of course the friend falls in love with teacher because I think it's very, very easy when you're a smart young lady to fall in love with somebody who is in like a smart position of power because you like to learn and learning can be like a very sexual thing. So she gets tricked by the teacher to ingest this potion that causes her to shrink, which is also such like a commentary. Like the teacher also drugs this lollipop that she sucks on, which is just so gross. And yeah, it basically made her tiny trapper, like make you feel small so you can't leave, right? If you feel like you're going to get crushed by this big old world, you'll stay in this trap. And then he wants to like dissect her because he's a freaking weirdo like anybody who would prey on a student in this position. I can't wait to talk about Ezra Fitz, y'all, and Pretty Little Liars. You are all not ready. So good thing that she has friends because Crybaby comes in and saves. Angelica turns her back to normal size and Angelica knifes him and then kills kills the teacher, which is probably for that. It shouldn't kill people, shouldn't knife them, but also like we need to realize, like, if children are watching the show, I really don't think so. I think this needs to be, like, really an older teen one with all the themes that are discussed. I think this is, like, a 16 to 18 and probably a mature 16. So then they have, like, a conversation about their past lives and they smoke some weed. 
they believe that they were conjoined twins in their fast life because you, you gotta smoke some weed after you kill your teacher, you know? <laughs> like, what the fuck? Um, but anyway, yeah, so she believes that they were conjoined twins and they were sold into a freak show and then they also believe that, like, one was the mom in a past life, which I could see. That's, like, such an interesting relationship to have but I like that like conversation and they talk about how they don't deserve Mary Jane and there's like a lot of interesting things about marijuana and like CBD is really good but I'm researching THC to see how I feel but I have partaken in the devil's lettuce I have like a different relationship with it than I did I used to use it a lot for calming and pain and now I I really only use it when I'm doing physical activities and I think I've got to start doing that more because when I don't, I just, I trauma cry with all of that and then I just get stuck in doing that and it, the exercises are more painful and I'm drained in the day. So I don't really know what the best solution is, but I might just keep doing weed because it'll just be easier to strengthen that and get through it, you know, but we'll figure out. So then anyway, she sings High School Sweetheart, which I feel like people loved and I'm just kind of like meh about this song. It's just, I don't like songs that are like, this is all the stuff you have to do to be with me. I guess I just don't have that level of self-esteem quite yet, but I like her moon bed is very beautiful and she's in this beautiful white mansion and I like the dance, how she dances on the floor. And like, I mean, you could see in this, she really can dance. And I don't know if it was for like budgets and stuff, but I want there to be another partner, whether it's like just like this fantasy imagery boy of the thing. Like it feels like there should be a person in this dance. Like it doesn't really feel like a solo song, which is jarring to me. That's just my one critique. So then Ben is gonna ask Crybaby to the school dance. But Leo, the son of the principal, bumps in and he sees that Leo asked Crybaby to the dance because she she thinks that maybe he wrote the letter, which is weird. I don't know that she would really think that, but she's also like, uh, you got to keep your enemies close. And poor Ben, who wrote the letter, is like crushed. And all of her friends are all mad that she's going with Leo. It really, it is really weird that she did that after like what she's saying. Like it, that's the thing is like, this doesn't really make sense as to why this is happening. It just feels like it's happening because we got to further the plot. So she messed up the plan to escape the school by accepting Leo's offer. And they all call her selfish, which I'm going to be honest. I mean, she's a little, I mean, it could be that like if he met, wrote the note, I could see her being like, well, I want to be with somebody who feels that way about me. But it is like, it is weird for her to accept Leo like that. And I could understand, I understand both sides of the story. I don't know if her friends need to be that mean. It is like weird, I would say. All of these gowns too that everybody's wearing look spectacular. So Crybaby goes into the bathroom to cry because she's just like super sensitive and just is feeling really bad for messing up the plans and having her friends be mad. And a ghost girl comes in again. Um, as the school is like haunted, of course, because there's so many ill spirits, but I wish we had more focus on the cool ghost and stuff. But the ghost girl says, you know, hey, don't beat yourself up. And Leo then makes an announcement that he knew that crybaby had been planning stuff and he forces all the students in like kind of this like red shoe sort of dance to dance the whole night long which is gonna like probably ultimately like kill them out of exhaustion and stuff but the dance the way the choreography is is really cool and leo is just all doing this because he knows that they killed his father which i'm confused like why he wouldn't i guess maybe he's like in college or something like i don't really understand why he showed up there and like wouldn't he have known or wasn't he involved in the killing of his father like if it was there like it's like I said there's a lot of plot points that aren't really fully formed or developed it's just kind of these series of moments so 
then the dialogue kind of gets cheesy at this point too in Leo's speech where he's like, and you can't use power. It's just very like expository and weird. And then Crybaby disguises herself as this woman named Laura Lee, who is this kind of hot assistant and she wants to apply and sits on the desk and she is like oh I have this fantasy of like being in a confined space and Leo automatically goes to it which I feel like is weird like I don't know if he would be so trusting or I don't feel like that chemistry is really built in this scene to be honest so but either way she seduces Leo she locks him in a closet and she frees everyone from the spell and she tells them all to leave the school and everybody but Kelly flees downstairs to exit and I guess the ghost was helping her with her transportation uh, and then they light the school on fire because it's just cool to do bad things in this, like, you know, like killing your principal and lighting things on fire at this point. What's going to happen? And then finally, Ben confesses that he was the one who put the note in the locker and they use bubbles to make the school float away and disappear, which is pretty interesting. They use like a spit bubble, so it's kind of gross, but I guess like cute thing to do with your significant others uh do spit bubbles uh and then her one friend just says about oh it's french for there's like blood everywhere which is like cool but a little little rando little rando and lilith gives them the gate to turn home and they magnolia fleur celeste and ben leave and and Jolita is about to walk through the gate and she asks if cryberry is coming but crybaby doesn't she just looks shocked to like go with Lilith and then I don't I don't know what's gonna happen. I'm assuming that Melanie is working on the sequel right now and that's something that's coming. But yeah, I mean, it's not the perfect movie. Let's be, I think the ending gets a little wild. I kind of just, I don't understand why it wasn't just a series of music videos. It doesn't seem that like different enough to me, to be honest. But, you know, I still enjoyed it. I think it's a good movie to play at parties. Like I said, I think I would keep this to an older teen. I've officially picked out the last six episodes that we're doing. This is one of them, so there's five more left. Be sure to check out the other ones. It's a short season this time because I am really busy kind of getting involved in the mental health world and doing my production company. And I'm sorry I didn't have as much guest on for you this time. I'm hoping I can do that next year, which I will probably have the third season will come out hopefully next summer is my goal with all of that. And that should be fun. But yeah, I think I just need some more time to like lay down some more foundations and really think about what I want. I think I'll probably do the the musical stuff uh, as my next thing. And then hopefully too, I could do that in the summer and then also have 31 days of Halloween, but I'm gonna have to watch a lot of content. And I'm gonna have to make sure that I have enough to do that. So we'll see, we'll see what happens. If not, I might do, I might always keep that I at least do a 13 episode, but but I always wanted to do a 13 episode for in October and we'll see. I'm definitely cutting it down to the edge here to see if I can make it. It was definitely a creative challenge, but I'm hoping I probably won't do another 13 ones again. I, I will probably try to save for 31 days of Halloween because I think I'm a little off, especially now that I did my 13. I just missed 13 from the 31 that I was building, but I hope you're enjoying the season anyway, and yeah, let me know if there's any other content you want. Uh, I would love for you to follow me on all my social medias. That would make a lot of sense, and yeah, thanks so much for participating and listening to this episode of Is This Really For Kids? Excited for more to come, and really appreciate you. Bye! <laughs>